Speaking of Red Bull, I can't find any downsides to what are you drinking Red Bull about? every day. Hold on, because I drink the sugar-free Red Bull. Yeah, no, it's not the sugar that is the only problem. It's the random chemicals. Well, man. Ta- we've gone the through ta- it before. The tarring is actually pretty healthy, so mm. so I don't know. Uh, mm. Well, first off, says who? Second, where are they sourcing that, pal? I mean, the Red Bull company has done a lot of... <laughs> they do a lot of extreme sports. So yeah, they, they, know. they know, and they've done a lot of uh, you know research on their own. So sounds lucrative. I don't see a problem. Hey, friends from around the world, welcome back to your favorite podcast. That would be rad a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We're your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. How's it going, dude? Whoa. Pretty good, bro. I beat you too. Uh, How are you over there, man? Uh, I'm pretty good. I think you need to be honest with me Mm -hmm. and our listeners and go ahead and just admit the fact that I think you gave me like a little bit of the sniffles, man. No, I think it's allergies because I kind of... Well, because those are contagious, eh? <laughs> is, is pollen back? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I feel like it's allergies. And I've had it for like about a week. Mm. Um, I don't really feel like, you know, too bad. But I just kind of feel kind of malaise. Well, like- I think we're going to talk about the reason why we were just, well, let's just dive into it. Man, you're burying the lead quick. The other, Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say this. You and I hung out the other day. Yeah, we did. Right before we did, on the phone, you're like, man, I, I, I kind of feel like, I'm, you know, like I've just been fighting this, uh, you know, I don't know, like I'm, like I'm just fighting mm-hmm. getting sick. Like mm-hmm. I've got this headache. And I'm like, oh, cool, man. Perfect thing to tell me. Right before I'm supposed to come over to your house, you're like, nah, man, I'm sure it's allergies. Yeah, it's pollen's back. Then, literally the next day, I'm like, hmm, you know that weird sort of, you know, feeling in your nose, it's kind of raw? Yeah. Definitely, definitely gave me something. Yeah, but the best part, wait for it, is when I tell you that yesterday, you're like, hey, man, did you get me sick or something? I'm like, (laughs) what the? (laughs) That's all, well, that's always my go-to. It's like. Even so, if anytime we have plans and like I start feeling bad, it doesn't matter. We're still having plans. And then my go-to trick is Is to blame me for getting sick after the fact. Bring it up, but bring it up in the sense of like, "Hey, man, did you get me? What a jerk, you know? (laughs) Rude, you Uh, bro." Well, look. Usually, when we're in the studio, we're recording a podcast. Yeah, but the other night when we hung out, we for the first time in, I mean, how long has it been? I mean, since we like officially got together like that to write, how long has it been? I mean, like four years or something. No, because we were doing the stuff with Southern Ghost. I mean, maybe that long, right? Because I mean, I don't even think Jane was. Oh, might be longer. Gosh, yeah. Wow. So, so we got together. Well, let me give a little bit of backstory. I know I'm really long winded, but Woody and I. Obviously, we've said it a million times. We used to be in a band called The Modern Society. We toured a whole bunch. We wrote a whole bunch. Uh, we were signed. We did all these amazing things. Well, then we, the band kind of sort of didn't really fizzle out. It just kind of kind of split off. Thomas had um, a little bit of like a, like a time frame of, well, if we, our drummer Thomas, if, if we're not at this point by this time, which is kind of the logical sort of, very sort of logic-based um, mm-hmm. decision. You know, it's like if we're not doing this, 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 this by a year from now, then then I need to move on, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Woody and myself were very like, well, no, we're going we're gonna to hang on to this thing until it, you know, till the wheels fall off. And so um, we, the band kind of fell apart. I met uh, Courtney, my wife, now and i left the job i was working at i was working 90 hours a week selling cars it was like 
a really kind of crazy time. So we didn't even have time to rehearse and it just, everything just kind of just fell apart. Well, then we, Woody and I got back together, did a, made a record of like folk music uh, mm. called Southern mm. Ghost. Still probably one of my favorite times of my life as far as just the unbridled kind of like creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, we made this entire, so the Modern Society, the band we were in, uh, that we did for years and years was like indie rock, you know. But of course, like our musical influences, which, you know, if you've listened to the past 40 episodes or whatever, mm-hmm. you can kind of gather that we like a lot of different things. And All so, over, yeah. You know, the Beatles, the Stones, the, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin, Queen, all of these things kind of created you know our influence you know oasis things like that Mm -hmm. it was like straight up rock and roll so Mm -hmm. when that band kind of fell apart you know we did this southern ghost stuff that was very like it was like you know what screw this like no electric guitars Mm -hmm. i mean at that point i was literally like i'm never going to play electric guitar again i'm only going to play banjo from here on yeah in a way, too, we like created we created this like uh, restriction, right? Because mm-hmm. we were so used to using, you know, our electric guitars and, and the pedals and all, and like creating this like soundscape and, and doing all this kind of stuff that mm-hmm. we really wanted to kind of explore the side of our songwriting capabilities and stuff mm-hmm. using much more minimalistic things, even within the songs and right. and you know. It wasn't like full angst or something like, you know, we still loved all that stuff, but we uh, we really wanted to, yeah, explore that side of it. I mean, when like we evolved into this like era in our songwriting that was much more sort of like folky and we like mm-hmm. dove back into like Bob Dylan and right. um, Americana and. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, and and not to cut you off, but like. It, the odd but thing. you're gonna do it anyway <laughs> well the odd thing about that time well not odd but like the thing that sucked is like we had always been huge fans of dylan and lyrically a lot of a lot of like yeah, especially at you know at the end of well really all throughout the modern mm-hmm. society like for my me especially the songwriting was like really really heavily influenced by uh like bob dylan like really sort of a big sort of narrative push and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, tying it to a lot of names and places. And, mm-hmm. and, and we really dipped our toe in, in that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Woody and I both were obsessed with, you know, Jack Kerouac. Yeah, and like I was just about to say like that. Like, Ginsburg and the Beat Poets. and Yeah, the Beat Poets, like really, really, both of us essentially always have been obsessed with like storytelling. Yeah, big time. You know, we were obsessed with storytelling mm-hmm. and so when we wrote lyrics uh, and songs together, we would always, it, just the way that we would bounce ideas and even if it was like a personal story or like intermix, like situations, uh, like personal situations mm-hmm. that I had and you had, we would kind of put that all into the same song and we were always like super careful to, you know, we, we really wanted to have situations where people could relate Right to you know this to me like some of the best songs ever are when you can relate to what they're talking about in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you and I be, because of you <laughs> have been listening to that Weedus song. Oh, it's the best! Basically nonstop since we talked about it I on, told on you. that episode. Yeah, and you know, you listen to some of those lyrics, and especially the the part where oh, the guy's like talking about being at the dance. I think it's prom, right? Uh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. and standing across the the room from this girl that he just like really, really just likes a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she starts walking towards him, and dude, every single time, my wife included, because we listened to it like the other night, every single time that part comes on when he's mm-hmm. kind of like doing the, the girl. yeah, from the oh. girl's perspective. It is incredible, and all of us can somewhat relate to that feeling. That's the thing about songs and music mm-hmm. is when you can feel either what the artist is saying, even mm-hmm. if you haven't ever felt that specific emotion or gone through the specific scenario that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
right. just those emotions that can come through music, man. It's completely magical. And so, yeah. like, we were always obsessed with telling a story and bringing those emotions into the mix so that people can kind of go on that journey with us within the song, whatever it was that we were talking about, mm -hmm. which typically, especially when we're in our, you know, here we early go, 20s, mid 20s, typically buy that van and get girls. the hell out of town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, first it was, it was girls. Yeah. And then sprinkled in there, we're going to at some point get out of the town. Get the hell out of because town. Finally, we bought a van and we're getting out of this southern town. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. That that was always kind of our our go to, which I mean, it's just, it's kind of hard not to. I mean, we, you know, uh, our whole sort of story, like I was in a band before that had gotten to a point where we were signed and we were living in LA and it just got to where it wasn't fun. And uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I felt like I'm, I'm beyond this. I'm, I'm over it. And so I came back home, didn't have a clue what I was going to do because I had given up art scholarships and, and stuff. So it was like, it was completely starting new, but it was like, you know, you're in your 20s and it's like, I, I still have something to prove. I know that like, because, you know, in that band, I was like, you know, pretty much kind of the sole songwriter. So it was like, mm -hmm. it was like, well, I can do this again. Like I, I can do this new thing because at the time too, it's like I'd been in this other band for so long that my songwriting started, it kind of, it, it kind of began being sort of molded into like, whatever I thought was like expected of like whatever the band was. So I couldn't, so even though like I wasn't even into the kind of music anymore, I was like heavily influenced into in like the strokes and this whole sort of like indie kind of like sort of throwback sort of renaissance at the time, with like the strokes mm -hmm. and like Interpol and, you know, like Black Herbal Motorcycle Club. Like it was this like, mm. you know, it was like sort of this new metal thing. And then it kind of merged into like, like emo and screamo and then like then it was like everything was like stripped back and so when i i remember when i first heard or first saw like the strokes for the first time it was like what is this it's like mm -hmm. there's you know there's not like 20 tracked guitars it was like no just one tracked guitar and it was this completely stripped down kind of like uh 60s 70s way of like recording and it just it blew my mind and so long story short i came back home and you know, all this weird sort of confluence of like synchronicities. And uh, I met Woody through my girlfriend at the time and his girlfriend at the time, who is now his wife. Mm -hmm. um, we got together to write and it was like we were just, we were from literally the first day that we ever hung out. I mean, we had, we had, yeah, we had hung out briefly like years, years earlier. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think we kind of told this story we did, on yeah. our like origin episode, mm -hmm. but I'll never forget like sitting in my, one bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. I literally, I think I'd, I was still waiting on like to buy some furniture. I don't even think I had a couch. No, do we sat on the floor? We just started, yeah, we just started like writing, writing songs, mm -hmm. man. And like that was one of those situations where, you know, you, anytime you're in any kind of like creative, um, when you're in a situation whenever you are kind of collaborating with another creative person mm -hmm. and you've never collaborated together before, there's like a little bit of this like apprehension. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give a little there and like, well, I don't really like that, but I'll kind of, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like that wasn't the case at all from the, from the get-go. Like right. we, we immediately, you would be like, hey man, I've got this thing. And it's funny too, like I was thinking about this after the other night. Um, the way, you know, one of the most popular questions I think anybody asks any songwriter or musician is like you know what's your you know what's your songwriting method mm -hmm. and almost like unanimously the answer is always like well it's a bunch of different things i was and gonna say the same is true for us yeah but one of my favorite things that we do and it's so reminiscent of that first sort of um you know sitting on my apartment floor mm -hmm. both of us with guitars and stuff kind of showing like hey i've got this and i've got that was the other night you know it's like you oh yeah i don't even think I, we but typically like you would you would kind of have like like a riff uh, like like a riff mm -hmm. or like a chord progression that you've been working on or whatever and like both of us just have like our iphone um voice memos is just constantly full of oh yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs mm -hmm. or like pieces of songs and so you'd you know show me this thing and i would just kind of be like 
okay, cool, man. Just play that quote unquote like verse section. Right. Like over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And it's like, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like there's this like, uh, I don't know, man, like this, I mean, not to sound so corny, but like this like magical veil is lifted and all of a sudden like I'm able to just somehow, you know, come with melodies, mm-hmm. lyrics, and then we start building on top of that. Like once we're like, hey, man, here's what I kind of think I have for that section, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll start building off of that and we'll, you know, initially like maybe some initial words will come to me and then together we'll just be like okay well what about this what about that and then and then the song is born yeah and yeah we, well, God, well and, and you know so i don't even think we kind of went into it in the beginning like we just kind of like went off into this like sort of backstory but basically yeah we got together for the first time and i mean i thought it was like two years but man maybe it was four years and yeah. we wrote for the first time and i gotta say there was that uh, there was a little bit of i mean keep in mind woody and i have like written maybe hundreds of songs together yeah. mm-hmm. but because it had been so long it was there it was still kind of weird yeah right? there was a I mean, little, like dude, a little bit of that pick- like Ooh, like how yeah i mean go? i haven't picked up my guitar and plugged it into an amp in about in the same amount of time for real right yeah and, and like both of us kind of talked about this that night too. It's like we have tried to write some things here and there. Mm-hmm. You obviously more successfully than I have because whenever I like, I will sit down when I have time and just say, "Okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna write a little something real quick and then send mm-hmm. it over top." Nothing. Writer's block. Just zero bandwidth in my head or something. I, I don't know what the deal is. Well, if, so to be able to do this the other day, it was like, okay, finally we have the time set aside mm-hmm. and we can just, you know, do this. And you're right, man. Like right when we first got there, it was kind of like, well, I don't really, what do we? And so like, I don't know why, but I just immediately reverted back to that first initial yeah. style, which is like, hey man, just keep playing that. I want to come up with something be, just because I had, subconsciously knew that something was going to grow from that you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and man did it ever yeah dude it was amazing like touching on what you said about it like be so like i said like with when i was with the other band there was a lot of like i've kind of had sort of years of experience of like writing being like a very sort of solitary thing with that band, it was it was very much like everybody else would go out and hang out, or everybody would do this, and I would go back to the the bus or the room or whatever, and like you know, write until the sun came up the next day. And so it was very like, okay, well, this is what the bass line's going to do. This is what the guitar is going to do. This is what the vocal melody. It was the, here's the lyrics. It was very like sort of a solitary thing. So that was the big deal with when I did come back from L.A. And actually, I just remembered I wasn't even out of that band yet. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be home for like, I don't know, a week or something from L.A. Yeah. And yep. we wrote. And then, you know, boy, did that plant the seed. So when I got back out there, it was like, Jesus, man, there is like. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't even. It's like, just like you said, man, like the fact that you had to be. And this is not like a slight on those guys or whatever. But mm-hmm. the fact that you had to kind of just do all that stuff on yeah. your own. You had all that kind of weight on your shoulders mm-hmm. and then while everybody else is just like you know hanging out doing whatever yeah just like well i guess i'm just gonna be up here writing my next hit you know and <laughs> yeah. come up with all the parts and all that whereas like it's something weird and it's super rare i think to find that other co-collaborator collaborator yeah. that everything just literally goes smoothly and, and mm-hmm. we've created uh songs and now the podcast and things over time, for so long, I mean, heck, we've even written, like, stories and stuff that just kind of, like, fell by the wayside. They're on some old computer. But mm-hmm. we're so used to the way each other writes. And right. also, like, we don't get offended by, like, no, nah, man, I think, boom, you know? Yeah. Um, well, well, and so that's that's what I was going to say when you said, like, well, I've tried and I always hit a brick wall. And, and Tyler's written some stuff more successfully. So that's what I was saying. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of used to, like, building sp- stuff especially like when recording it's like i can just sort of build parts but it's like and even with a modern society you can agree it's like there would be songs where you know it would kind of be the same thing i would sort of write the whole song you know here's the verse here's the chorus here's the pre-chorus here's the intro here's the 
kind of the breakdown here. Kind of want to have the idea of the out, like the outro. But like once I met Woody, it was a very like even if I had all that stuff, it was like I would still leave like a massive hole in the song. And I'm I'm pretty like OCD when it comes. I mean, we both are, mm-hmm. but with songwriting especially, it's like I know exactly like what I want, and I know like well, this needs to go here to support this, and this needs to go yeah. here. But you know, ever since I, I met met you, Woody, it's like I would leave these huge gaps of like, well, I know that like when you and I get together, like there's going to be like there there's going to yeah. be something much greater than if I like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like, yeah, 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 um, yeah. I would do the same thing. I mean, sometimes I would just be like, ooh, this part is really cool, mm-hmm. or I would just like record me singing some melody that popped in my head right. and i know like oh man whenever i take you know whenever i show this to tyler we'll be able to finish that up or like so often we would be like dude i've got this incredible verse i have zero idea where to go from <laughs> yeah. here and then you know you'd be like oh man weird i've also been, i mean speaking of synchronicity gosh maybe that's what we should have called the band like yeah. then you'd be like oh i've got this and and we'd be like oh my god that's it that's perfect yeah it fits you know well and and that's like it's funny that this is this is the episode where we're really getting heavy into songwriting. You know, for all you songwriters out there or, or folks that don't aren't really writers or, or musicians or anything, you know, I, I think you said earlier, what are you talking about? Like, you know, people that don't do this are like, well, how, how do you write a song? And, you know, do you, do you start out with the lyrics? Do you start out with, with uh, like a riff or do you, you know? And so like you were saying earlier, it's like, it's always kind of different. So, I remember one of my fondest memories about this time is when I first when I did first move back from LA and it was just you and I like in the old greenhouse over there, um, you know our old practice space, um, yeah, which was this like abandoned greenhouse, like it was weird, but it, God, it was so it was so cool, um, yeah. and we could practice till forever, and it was all concrete, and uh, I just I have such a such a nostalgia for that place but i remember when we first got together we were like also i i had been in this kind of mode like writing for this other band that was like a lot heavier and a lot sort of like i guess kind of angsty a little and a little more so everything was very like i me i'm it was very like this sort of like internal sort of monologue with myself kind of lyrically and with this i remember Everything that w- that I wanted to do when we first got together was like, I want to do whatever the opposite of that was. Mm-hmm. And there was some good stuff with that. But like, I just, I wanted to do something new. I wanted to be like inspired again. I wanted to do mm-hmm. something that was just the opposite of this hole that I had kind of dug for myself. And so I remember we found this stack of books outside of the the uh, the old practice space. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was these weird like 50s like Boy Scout Mm-hmm. books or something yeah just some kind of like story i don't know if they're like boy scout handbooks but they were like some sort of like outdoor yeah scout stories or something and but but it was just it was the perfect like little sort of primer for you know kind of that 50s like americana american romanticism kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing and we would just like take a line out of the book and then just a whole song would would be derived right you know from that just in the vibe in the aesthetic of like this one little yeah. line and it's interesting because i wondered too like thinking about it now i don't know like because for us it's always been this way when we create something we think about every piece of detail about the whole thing mm-hmm. so like when we're writing the song dude we would even come up with like the rest of the story, the rest of the story, like all these details and be like, well, how do you fit that into four, <laughs> yeah. four lines, you know? And we would just, we would have all these extra details mm-hmm. and we would tell this story and stuff. And when we see that one sentence from that page, it was able to like really sort of ignite. It was a spark. That, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And like, you know, what you mentioned earlier about like really wanting to feel inspired and stuff. I don't know if anybody listening to this, hopefully so, but if you haven't ever just felt that that rush of energy, mm-hmm. you know, throughout you, it goes. It's like the most amazing feeling ever. Whenever you're like inspired by something to to do whatever it is, whether that's create something or to yeah. head out the door and go for a run or whatever it is, man, chasing that is just incredible. And it and it, and it is sad. 
um, when it becomes, because there were times too, like when we would try to write a song or something like that with the Modern Society and, mm-hmm. and, and you can always feel that when it's just like, eh, not today, man. Like, yeah, you know, whenever you just don't feel. Uh, well, especially, um, and not to derail what you're saying, but especially when I think, and, and this isn't like a slight to the other guys, but like, I think in the end, especially there were, there were several times where um, we had, we had kind of gotten into this vein where we had toured so much that we were like, we were such a good band and we were so tight and we were so sort of, there was just sort of this like, like instinctive uh, sort of connection that we all had. So like I could look at, I could look at Boo Boo or you or Thomas with like just a look and know, okay, well now we're dropping out or now we're, Mm-hmm. Now we're like doing like a single like ring out hit or now we're doing, yeah. you know, it's, and so we it's were like, we knew we, everyone knew within our like collective group, right. our little like band of four dudes, we knew we could feel yeah. where the song was going, even though it was just like, this is the first time we've ever heard it right? or played it together. And everybody kind of just knew, not to say that we followed like a pattern necessarily, but just, you know, we knew that we were probably going to be, you know, singing about a van heading out of town. <laughs> <laughs> always um, oh my no, gosh. no but it, but in saying that i think it was like we we had gotten that muscle so strong that when we came back and it was time to like ride again it was like we were kind of re- relying on that so we started sort of like you know jamming more mm-hmm. yeah and like we would come up with some like really amazing stuff musically but then afterwards it would be like okay well how do we sort of shoehorn like a narrative or you know, lyrics or like a story or how do we sort of fit that into the mold of like the song? And it just, it never totally, it never was the same. It never was like as successful in my opinion. Like maybe musically there was some stuff that were like, it was like, wow, that's really, really cool. But it it just didn't have that sort of, uh, it just wasn't sort of like in sync with like the songwriting aspect. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and we were, and we were, dude, we were, you and I both, I, I feel bad sometimes thinking about this, but like, I mean, we were like hard nosed about oh yeah rehearsal, man. I mean, no kidding. When we would be home from tour, we would, you know, each kind of like work random jobs, mm-hmm. but then we would be like, I mean, six, five to six days a week, yep, we'd be rehearsing. Yep. And we would literally and, get together and say, we would run the entire set mm-hmm. and then... Uh, maybe we would first get together and like just kind of like jam on something or like mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe like I brought a riff or Woody brought a riff or or yeah. the the guys were like hey I kind of came up with this like little thing let's like mess around with that and then and then we would just just go right down the list through the songs. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry, man. I just remembered this. T- this is tell me you remember this, please. So right before like one of like it was going to be like a lengthy tour. It may have been like just one of the winter tours where we went up northeast and just froze our butts off. But like, like right before thing. that, I, yeah, like right before that. Oh, we were like, by the way, real quick. All right. I don't mean to cut you off, man. Did you know that Bob... How many times o- are you going to say that? In there? Huh? <laughs> did you know that Bob Odenkirk uh, is from Naperville? Uh, yeah, I did because I heard it on Smartless. Yep, I did too. We'll get into that later. Go ahead. Boy, I'm glad that you interrupted me for that. We were getting ready for okay. a long tour in the winter. Yeah, we're getting ready for a long tour. And we were like, okay, guys... <laughs> And I say we, and it was probably me. Hey, guys, we got to get in shape, man. Well, and everybody's like, well, what do you mean? And it's like, okay, before practice, meet at Tyler's house. Bring your running stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to go for a run. I remember that. Everybody's like, I don't know, man. If I remember correctly, what ended up happening was Boo Boo and Thomas, Thomas may have ran, but I'm, if, my, if memory serves, I think Boo and Thomas both just kind of were like, ah, we're not doing that, and just smoke cigarettes. Yeah, although you, I do remember Thomas... And Boo Boo both like having their like shorts and tennis shoes. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. And maybe they just like ran a little bit. Maybe we, I feel like we all started, but then like I remember like too, like you showed up and you, you got these like the only shorts. Because <laughs> I mean, let's face it, dude, you and I wear skinny jeans almost nonstop. Oh, and yeah. So shorts at the time, especially unless they were like little like 70s shorts or something, mm-hmm. we, we just didn't have a ton of shorts. You showed up and like you had these like, big baggy like basketball shorts on and like these like <laughs> flat sold like air force ones or something yeah and i'm like yeah. hey man ooh, you know hey 
you got anything else? You're like, no, man, no, 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 this is fine. You're doing like the arm stretches, you know? I'm like, oh boy, this guy. So tattoos, long hair. Yeah, we start running down this old country road down towards the practice space. And I'm like, oh man, this is feeling great. I look behind me. And I think that's when I noticed that Thomas and Uber just turned around heading back home. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you're just kind of like back there just trying, just Dying. trying so hard. And we get back to your house and you're like, dude, this sucks. Too many cigarettes at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we just kind of were like, well, I guess we just won't be in shape. And, and that was you it. Know, that was it, man. Uh, no, I do remember that. And I remember, I remember, uh, it's funny too, because when, you know, a couple years before, like when I was in LA, I was running like at least six miles a day. Every single day I'd go to the gym and run six miles. I loved running. But since we'd been home, it was like, it was like, you know, we grew out our hair. We just didn't really care. We were like, oh no, this is like, we're, this is rock and roll. Like it's not about like running. And I mean, we were smoking like chimneys at the time. And so I, I do remember that. And I remember thinking like, First off, I remember, wow, Woody's pace is a lot faster than what I'm comfortable with, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. And then as we kept going, I was just like, how is Woody doing this? Anyways, we were just like, look, the bottom line is I had run I had run before. Mhm. You guys hadn't really, and also you had Air Force Ones on, pal. Well, I did, but I, I haven't run Not I, a running shoe. I hadn't ran in like a year, you know, several years at that point. At 15 probably. No. I, I mean, hell, LA was well, yeah, you used to just like crank those dang dumbbells in LA, bro. Like, hey man, oh, check, I was get, get, check these guns. I was out. getting gains, bro. Big gains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I what, think we need to look. I think I need to like kick it back into gear here and say. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. After these messages, we'll be right back. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense. For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You're listening to That Would Be Rad. Anyways, what I was going to say is I want to bring everybody back to the fact that the other day, mm-hmm. you and I hung out. Yep. We had the opportunity to write songs. Yep. It clicked immediately just like the old days. All of those old, like, like we just talked about, the, all the emotions of just like that inspiration mm-hmm. hitting you. Yeah. Just was just flowing, man. And yep. we wrote an incredible song. Yeah. And well, then that's kind of when we started having the idea of like, look, hey, wait a second here. I think we need to like lay some music down mm-hmm. and then have an opportunity for people to get access to that music. Yeah, I agree. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, before we get off that too, I think that this this is what I was going to say earlier before you got in, you wanted to talk about running as usual. Um, is, uh, you know, usually if, if we got together and, and we're kind of making something out of 
you know, whole cloth, really. It's like, okay, I have this riff, and, like, you know, if you would come up with, like, a verse melody and maybe tighten up the verse musically and maybe, like, an intro, it was like, man, I think we're really onto something. This is cool. Now we just got to write a chorus. Like, but for all you songwriters out there listening, just sitting down and coming up with, like, like a successful chorus with lyrics, with the vocal melodies, and verse with chorus and vocal melodies and intro and bridge and outro. I mean, it it's kind of like even at our even at the top of our game back in the day, you know, that would have been kind of a big deal for us to like mm-hmm. just sit down in a couple hours and like boom, the whole the entire song. Like those were sort of the magic yeah. moments. You rare, know? The rare the rarities. Yeah. And so, you know, I just gotta say, like, before we move on, that like I, I did not expect that at all, but like, mm-hmm. man, it felt good. And I've totally got the bug now, and I'm just like, I mean, dude, we're, I mean, we're doing, we're making an album, and yeah. got to. So yeah, yeah. So we're getting together again uh, this week while my wife and kids are out of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that happened too in the studio, uh, <laughs> we were admiring like all the cool like original. Mm-hmm comic art that you have on your walls and stuff so many amazing artists including lot. some of my favorites you know like uh was nick darrington oh yeah and, uh, who's the guy that did the uh the fangs batman um oh it's a guy called uh magenta king he's magenta from brazil king mm-hmm. and what about that what about that one that i was just like also obsessed with it's kind of like old man batman with like a baggy sort of like like the batman itself is skinny and like oh you're talking about um uh, Dimitri Pentazis, I guess. Maybe. I think I could be wrong. He's from Greece. He's a friend of mine who uh, okay. I got actually helped him get on Inky Knuckles with us. Nice. My rep, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just like so many cool mm-hmm. um, pieces up there. But then like... Yeah, I, I would say 90% of these are just art trades too, which... Boy, that's awesome. Man. Boy, that's a lot of time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so they represent like a lot of time that you had to yeah. put into it to get them. But you also showed me the marvel's covers book with this which is this humongous oh like, yeah. i mean how big is this book man um 24 by i don't know if it, i don't think it's 24 by 36 so what he's talking about is this is uh are these books put out by idw and for all you heavy comic dudes you know about them they're called like artist editions and basically what these books are are like you know full size like 11 by 17 which is the typical sort of comic art board uh, and then it's shrunk down, you know, to sort of regular comic size. But it's these, it's these huge books, and they're basically the the scans of the original art. So before they're digitally colored, before they're you know all kind of cleaned up. So you still, so it's they're amazing. I mean, yeah, especially if you're you somebody see the, like mis- mistakes. You see like the the like the edges where you know yeah. kind of bleeds over sometimes. It's just like it's incredible to see yeah. these extremely successful comic artists who mm-hmm. and some of the most iconic covers the, yeah i mean like jim lee uh jrjr um, well the, the, and this the one that i have is like the mo- the modern marvels covers i think mm-hmm. and so yeah like what he's saying it's like it's kind of a if you're somebody who doesn't have a ton of money just to drop on like buying original art it's amazing i mean you see like the little wide out you see yeah like the little notes like written in the gutters and the borders like to like the editor. You see like every little thing and it's like it just it it kind of brings a whole new sort of perspective into like what comic art is. Yeah. Um and then one one thing that was just hilarious though, whenever you're like, um, well, you know, of course part of the covers that are included in that is like some stuff by Todd McFar- Todd McFarland. I think it was maybe his Spider Man stuff. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, which is crazy. I was kind of like, hey man, is he still like you know um, still making stuff? Or and you're like, well, he's like a he's like a billionaire now. I mean, they're about to they're about to release the new. Um, I know where you're going. The new Spawn movie. And I'm like, oh wow, who's uh? I remember hearing that, but like, who's who's playing Spawn? And you go, Jamie Lee Fox, <laughs> and I go, who in the f- is that? God, the funny thing is, I was. I mean, I was, I would have bet my child. Well, dude, I, and then I was like, well, there's Jamie Lee Curtis, 
And then there's Jamie Foxx, but you do understand there's two different people, right? I was so confident that that was correct. I mean, I would have, in that moment, I would have bet my child's life. I made you say it like three or four times. I was like, who now? Jamie Lee Foxx. Jamie Lee Foxx. Jamie Lee Foxx. You're like, yeah, man, Jamie Lee Foxx. I'm like, oh, cool, man. Who's that again? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, we are, I mean, where are we going today? Are we? Well, look, dude, real quick. I have to tell you about this. There's nothing you can do to stop me. <laughs> I started this, I almost said brand new, but it's not. I started this show on Netflix mm-hmm. in the morning while I am running on the treadmill. Here we because go again, running. That's the best, no, I'm just saying, that's the best time that I have time mm-hmm. to like watch a show or even a movie that my wife just Mew. may or may not be interested in. Mm-hmm. I will say I told her to, to catch up with this show, though. So I started watching the show called Ragnarok. I, yeah, I You've keep probably seeing, that. seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this Norwegian show, and dude, it is unbelievable, bro. Is it subtitles though? Well, it does have subtitles, but they also have like, overdub, like a dub version. English. And you know, sometimes That's whenever good. you get the overdub version, it's just Bad. not. Yeah, it's just not mm-hmm. good. But this dude is so and. You know, again, I don't know if it's because I just had the volume cranked and I'm on the on the treadmill, but I I think the overdub performances are so good that like there were certain times where I'm like, wait, are they speaking English? Yeah. You can't really tell. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so good, man. Yeah, I I, uh, I saw that because I think recently the um, I guess the second season yeah has come out, and I'm only on the first season, but basically it's a it's like I said, it's Norwegian. And it's inspired by Beautiful like, the place. whole thing is inspired by Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. And I'm only like in like maybe halfway through the second episode. And dude, I'm not joking, man. First off, the dang show opens and you see this kid and he's just kind of like leaning his head up against the car, you know, in this little bitty crappy, like beat up, you know, European car. Mm-hmm. And Racist. this M- M83 song is playing on in the background. You're Ooh. like, oh, man, okay. you got me immediately. Yeah, okay. Well, and then also it's hilarious. The main character, you know, if I went to a barber shop and I said, hey, man, can you cut my Can you give me the Norwegian? <laughs> this would be that kid's haircut. Nice. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I know exactly. Like there's this like, there's this like you can't tell if the show is set in like, 90 early 90s mm-hmm. europe and then you later tell no because they have like youtube and iphones and you're like oh that's just the way his mm-hmm. haircut is okay um <laughs> but like the whole premise essentially is this kid's moving back to this town where he's originally from with his mom mm-hmm. and his brother she's a single mom now his dad died when he was younger and then they moved away and i'm not giving anything away but Essentially, they're moving back for some reason. He starts to notice like there, there's a lot of weird stuff kind of going on. People are like kind of acting strangely around him. He notices that he's starting to get these like abilities that he didn't have before. He used to wear glasses. Mm. He doesn't really need them anymore. There's like this sort of like well-off family that you know seemingly doesn't age, and you're just thinking, what in the world is? what's going on here, right? Mm. And if you read kind of like the the overall premise, it's essentially that it is, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm giving anything away, but even the word Ragnarok means end of the world. Yeah. And so you kind of find it, it's out. Like, like, it's like a you're great just looking at the battle and then it's sort of the like big battle of the gods and then yeah, everything's destroyed. Gods versus the giants. Oh, oh, is it, like, is it like frost giants? Kind of like the... I don't know, man. I, I like I'm not that versed in Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. I really wish I was because it's super, super interesting. But mm-hmm. basically, you start to figure out that there's about to be. We're like at this like conjunction, essentially, mm-hmm. um, where this battle is about to take place again. Somehow, this kid's involved. I don't know mm. how or why yet. I've got a pretty good idea. I just don't want to spoil it for people. Dude, mm-hmm. it is amazing, dude. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, really, yeah, really I, cool. I, I keep seeing it. I remember when it came out the first time, I was like, oh, that looks cool. But, man, I just, it's like anything with subtitles just kills me because I can't, I'm yeah, constantly to, like my head buried into a uh, an mm-hmm. art desk. That's why you so. got to get on that treadmill, son. Get those Nike Air Force Ones <laughs> out, man. You still got them, I saw them. <laughs> um, 
but I just I immediately am like, well, that's I'll never watch that because anything that's I watch is, is pretty much while I'm working. So, uh, speaking of, and not to derail your Ragnarok situation, but um, hi, and it's because of you finally finished uh, Dragon Prince. Yes, which is amazing. So good, man. It's literally if if you loved well, I mean, it, it's very different, but it's but there are some similarities. Like if you loved like Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, and and you felt like dissatisfied with that last season, it's mm-hmm. kind of like they do all the the stuff that that they should have done on Game of Thrones. Yeah, and like the downside is, you know, it is animated mm-hmm. and it is like geared towards, you know, younger ish. But and so my wife will never watch it. But man, I, I wish she would because like the storylines are just incredible. The characters, man, alive, they're they're amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just such a powerful show, man. The writing is incredible. Like where you, it's not just like good versus evil, which is you know a large part of it, mm-hmm. but. It's more complex than that. I mean, like even the the main villain, like you feel for him at times, you right? Know? Like it's just oh, the way they did it is just it's just I loved that. Yeah, show, it, it it took me for a minute to kind of like get into. So little backstory of myself is like you know I've always been like an artist. I've always been into um, you know really kind of like going like always on a hunt to like find things that are like new and inspiring so like for me a lot of that was like going back into like back in time you know sort of like uh, Gustav Klimt Charles Dana Gibson for like the so like I was always kind of looking back you know I was always big into especially like with the the early image days like image comics um it was you know like what he said before it was like Todd McFarlane Rob Liefeld Jim Lee but then as I got older you know, as an artist myself, I was, I was always looking into things to inspire me. And so I remember in middle school, the Sci-Fi Channel had this thing called Anime Nation, or I think. Um, I could be getting that wrong. I know for a fact Clay is going to correct me if it is wrong. But it was this, they would play like these sort of classic Japanimation or anime in like, I think it was on sat- Saturday mornings at like 7 o'clock in the morning, like pretty early. And there, I remember seeing like Vampire Hunter D, which is classic. This one that a lot of people haven't seen uh, ha- called The Lensman. Uh, if you can find it, it's it's really cool. You know, a, a lot of the bigger, bigger ones. So I was like obsessed because, you know, us Westerners, obviously there was no internet back then. And so like seeing this completely new sort of art form was just mind blowing. I mean, it, it blew my mind, and like just the animation compared to like the like sort of American animation at the time, it was so fast and so like smooth, and like the character design and the, the costuming was just so like counterintuitive to what we kind of knew, you know. So I, I was just mm-hmm. obsessed with it, and so I went through this big anime or anime phase and uh, manga phase, and uh, then I just I really got burnt out on it because then. Then there was kind of a shift where all American animation was trying to kind of look like, you know, Eastern yeah. style. So I was just like, ugh, we're over it. And Woody and I are, are sort of contrarians in the sense of like, you know, if something's popular, it's like, yeah, we're going to go the other way. And <laughs> sometimes, yeah. And Which I never, yeah, I basically never got into Well, and anime. so I've, I've, I've kind of had like a, just sort of a natural kind of like aversion to that stuff. So... Mm-hmm. When Woody was like, man, I just started this Dragon Prince show. Dude, you've got to watch it. And I was like, well, I'll just put it on while I'm working. Like, it, it is so good that, like, like I said, my wife and kids are out of town this week. But, uh, I mean, I binged, I think, two seasons in yeah. two days. It's amazing, yeah, dude. Just it's just, so, it's just so good, man. Yeah. And Rayla, the character, is, like, maybe my favorite character in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure whenever I first brought this show up on the podcast, I called her Raylan. I think you did too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's incredible, man. And uh, but I then I got you turned not on to uh, Dragon Dota? Slayer. Or it's not called Dragon Slayer. I think it's like did Dota I, Dragon. Did I do it again? I 
think so, man. You know, you usually say Demon Slayer, which is an animation. I know. I well, when you sent me that, that's how much that is how powerful Dragon Prince is. Yeah. Even whenever you send me like an anime thing, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna. Like, I looked it up and I was like, well, that's not. Yeah. I'm not gonna watch that. Yeah. Man, what is it called? It's Dota. I think it's Dragon's Blood. Dragon's Blood, and it's pretty it's good, man. It's it's you know it's like eight episodes, so it's easy to kind of get through. Mm-hmm. It's got some cool stuff. It is definitely like TV MA. They say a lot of bad words, and yeah, eh, there's some suggestive stuff. Mm-hmm. It's you know I don't know. I, I didn't like it as much as the Dragon Prince. Yeah, um, the, there is it, some cool stuff, and I think I think a lot of this also is really kind of hitting at a time like hitting hard for for you and i because like you know in this past year we've like we've got right back into D and mm-hmm. so anything kind of like in that like fantasy like in that vein is just like oh man i'll try it 100 percent. and i gotta say i'm just gonna go ahead and spoil a little bit of ragnarok for you essentially this main character kid is the embodiment of thor Ooh, i think I, that's what and i kind so, of like, assumed yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what a perfect show for me to watch since I am playing a Tempest cleric in D&D. That's currently. true, yeah. I've also got really big into Mythic Quest on Apple TV, mm-hmm. and it's really, really good. Yeah, no, I know. I got to check it out. There's just so many things that I got to check out, you know? Yeah. And I've been really kind of getting back into wanting to start. I know it's not October yet, but I really want to start watching some of these Scary movies that I've got on VHS, man. I think I'm at work all the way back through the Nightmare on Elm Street mm. movies and maybe even Sleepaway Camp. Speaking of Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, so we, um, well, let me put out a... Dis- Less ums. <laughs> let me put out, not really a disclaimer, but so on the last episode, midway through, you know, talking about our abduction and UFO encounters, you know, I had the bright idea of like, oh man, let's have this this summer of abduction or summer abduction or, or abduction summer. I can't remember. But then we realized that our friends at the Bigfoot Collectors Club were kind of tapping into the same vein and that's the name of their summer event. So we are pivoting and kind of going into a different way. Want to tell us about it? <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I mean, we look. God, we, you let me hang in there, bro, for like. No, well, I 30 just didn't seconds. know where you were going. We knew that just solely talking about alien abductions and stuff like that mm-hmm. after all the conversations we had in between last week's episode and this week's episode, we knew that, like, look, that's not the only thing we want to talk about. Yeah. And so, what we've developed, which, by the way, the members of our mailing list that we call the Dispatch yep. have already got a heads up about this. They do. So. Um, but we thought we'd share it with everybody. And if you want to, you know, be privy to exclusive information and mm-hmm. exclusive things that we're going to be doing, mm-hmm. you're going to want to join that mailing list, Yeah, uh, which you can do in our link tree, but that's neither, that's not whatever. <laughs> this time of year is so much fun because it always brings back ideas of, you know, swimming on the lake, going camping with our parents, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing like, Summer camps, like my kids are yep. going to a bunch of different summer camps this summer. I went to and Camp so, Rock Eagle when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I went to Camp Rock Eagle. So we're excited to announce Here this summer the first ever Camp Rad Strangeness. Yes. And so we're going to talk about all kinds of things that fall under that umbrella. Anything and everything we're going to be bringing it to you, and we're so excited for what we have planned because we have some amazing things. Now, this is the perfect time to talk about brand new merchandise mm-hmm. that we have just released yep. to commemorate this incredible summer we have planned for you. Mm-hmm. And so now you can go over to our merchandise store at shop.spreadshirt.com slash that would be rad mm-hmm. and get your very own Camp Rad Strangeness Camper t-shirt. Yes. And these things are amazing, gorgeous. Man. Who? Hey, who? Who did these? Designed by none other than Tyler Benz. Yeah, they look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're awesome, man. And like, it just it does bring back memories of of you know summer camps and and anything. But just thinking about the the movie Sleepaway Camp, mm-hmm. that's what kind of got me thinking about our big announcement. And so, oh yeah, welcome aboard. We can't wait to greet you, campers. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun summer. Yeah. Well, one thing too, I 
I need to add, you know, kind of like the last episode where we sort of, uh, we were doing sort of abductions from around the world. We're kind of going to keep that vibe going. But also, you know, one of the things that um, kind of helped inspire a little bit of the summer camp on, you know, on the lake aesthetic kind of, if you will, is uh, so we live in an area, there's a lake called Lake Lanier. And we'll probably end up doing like a full episode. But so some of the stories we're going to do are going to be a little more local, not, you know, strictly local, but like some of the more local stuff to us. Because I discovered a few years ago, keep in mind, Lake Lanier, you know, Woody and I, it's a huge lake in our area Mm -hmm. uh, up in North Georgia. And it's beautiful. But there's all these sort of myths around it and kind of folklore around it and and all that. And I, I was watching Expedition X, which is a show made by Josh Gates. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of that guy. And yeah, um, awesome. he, there was an episode called something along the lines of like the most haunted lake in America. And I'm like, oh man, this sounds interesting. It turns out it's literally the, the lake that's two minutes from my house. Yeah, um, walk like uh, my backyard. Yeah, literally. Well, yeah, my backyard too, literally. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we want to do some stuff with that because it is a little spooky. I mean, there's a lot of, it's it's one of those kind of man-made lakes. I mean, lakes. it's, it's yeah, it's one of the biggest lakes here in Georgia. It is a man-made lake, mm-hmm. which on the surface is like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. It, you know there's, there's poured a bunch of water down here. But what I think people don't know, it's common knowledge, I guess, around our area locally that it was well, common knowledge one, around lake builders. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that there was a you know they basically flooded a, a town mm-hmm. to make this lake. So there are buildings and things. I mean, there are like lake divers who like go down and try to like find artifacts and you know yeah. treasure, if you will. Yeah. And so when you're swimming, and I have swam that lake, boy, it's a creepy. Bunch. And it is creepy. It's creepy. There are gigantic catfish. I mean, yeah. it's creepy. And I sometimes just have to not think about it whenever I'm training for triathlons and stuff because it once it gets in your head, it's just yeah. scary as heck. Yeah, but, one, of the, um, one of the myths, and I, I'm sure you've heard of this, but like ever since I was like a little kid. So I lived in a place called Cleveland, Georgia. And here's the drinking game. Uh, it was a rural area. Um, <laughs> but we would drive, uh, you know, 30, 45 minutes south to Gainesville and that was like the closest mall when I was a kid Lakeshore Mall shout out where I saw the 89 Batman my favorite arcade at the time um but anyway it was in Gainesville and so that or Hall County technically one of the the sort of like the folk tales of the lake is there's a kind of this urban legend of this giant chicken truck so Gainesville's also known as the poultry capital of the world there's a ton of like chicken plants, processing plants and all that. It's a little gross if you really look into it. But most of your chicken that you're probably going to eat tonight could be from Gainesville. And so there's this sort of urban legend that this chicken truck, you know, which is full of like chickens, ran off this bridge. And when they called divers out, they said that there were literally these catfish that were like half the size of the semi-truck. And they were just literally just eating whole chickens, just like, oh, Oof. And one goal. Yeah. So I've always had that sort of mental image. And this lake is crazy. And apparently there's there's another thing, and I'd never heard of this until I saw that Expedition X episode where something about like a girl in blue or something, like she know, like man. haunts I, the lake or something. I guess she she ran off like a bridge or something. And but apparently like you're which this reminded me of a movie, which is one of my favorite movies. And it is terrifying. And it has Robert Downey Jr. in it before his Iron Man fame. Mm-hmm. But it's called In Dreams. Oh, no, no. Is it In Dreams? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's In Dreams. I always confuse that with what dreams may come. But it is called In Dreams. But it's super spooky and super scary. But, like, basically there's a scene. And I think in the area they had flooded, like, a town as well. So there's a lot of these shots where it shows. And it's kind of a dream sequence where you see this, this like, church underwater. And like mm. a steeple kind of like sticking out of the water. And apparently like that's the, you know, that's a real deal here. Like there's literally churches. Like there's a place that you can go dive where you can literally go down and touch the steeple of a church. Oy, which boy. is, I, I don't know many things that are scarier. And, and I mean, part of the other thing that's kind of haunting about it and that you will kind of read if you start Googling it, it, 
fair amount of people drown. Oh yeah, big and time. not just like, hey, this guy got drunk and you know didn't come back, but like healthy individual, weird stuff. Yeah, swimming, boop, just disappears. Yeah, pretty unexplained kind of. So it's you know that kind of stuff is uh, it's pretty scary. Yeah. That said, beautiful pleasure. Sure. You know, hey, come visit. Mm-hmm. Sorry that we don't have like a proper theme. You know, we're not talking about a cryptid or an abduction or anything. But honestly, we were just, we were so excited because, like, you know, like what he said, it's been four years since we wrote. And uh, we've just been like, man, we got to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. And kind of give you like, it's, to me, it's like it gives you a peek into who we are and mm-hmm. the things that we're passionate about. Yeah. And, um, well, look, we've said it all. Every single week, really almost every single day, we talk about how incredible it is oh, yeah. to us that so many people legitimately around the world mm-hmm. listen to our show. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, I don't know if there's like, uh, is there an audio translation of, uh, version of this? Yeah, uh, how I don't does know that yet. work? I don't know. People take the time out of their day to listen to us. And so we definitely don't take that lightly. And we thank you so much for listening. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's just... Uh, we we just we lo- we just love the fact that we get to hang out with each and every one of you every single week. Yeah, Tyler, where's the best place for people to find us so they can almost in real time interact with us? Well, the best place to find us is Instagram, where I would say ninety nine percent of our interactions happen. I don't even know if we have a Facebook account. Um, I stopped using it about six years ago, and it could be a thriving community over there, but I wouldn't know. We uh, Instagram's pretty much the place to find us. Uh, you can hit our link tree in the bio to head on over to our merch store. Like what he said before, we have this really badass new shirt. It's kind of a kickoff for our uh, Camp Rad Strangeness event for the summer. Hop over there and get that and um, anything else you see that you may fancy. But yeah, hit us up on Instagram. We love the back and forth. We love the community that's kind of growing over there. If you want to tell us a spooky story, anything like that, hit us up at our Gmail, which is that would be radpod at gmail.com. Yeah, like what he was saying, again, you know, we say it every episode and every episode, I'm just as long-winded as I was the one before. We, we just, we couldn't thank you enough. It's because of you guys that we do it. It's because, you know, if we're feeling a little uninspired, you know, all it takes is Woody giving me a call and being like, dude, did you know that that uh, we have this many listeners in Australia or, you know, Thailand or Germany? It, it's just, it, it blows my mind and I'll never, I'll never be too jaded to not be impressed with that. So yeah. thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be red. That's the way it
clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead before you became a ghost. You always said our future would be. 